everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. All right, welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio number 143. I am your host, Bill Lutz. With me, as always, is Mr. Tim Sway, and this week, uh, no host called Phil Pinsky, and... uh, We'll see him next week. We don't really care. But this week's top Patreon supporters are... <laughs> all right, all right. Let me, let me stop you there. Uh, that was great. The only thing you missed was we like to say the date. So I think it would be August 2nd, I think, is the published date. And, oh, August 2nd? Yeah, I think so. And right. um, and then this week I'm going to read the whole uh, Patreon supporter list, all of them, not just uh. the top supporters like we do usually. But first, you might be noticing the hole in the podcast where... In the world is Phil Pinsky. Who? Exactly. So, anyways, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Phil is um, Phil is on on business with that day job of his in uh, Vegas. So, I think that means he's um, you know six drinks in at a craps table is my guess. And yeah, he just doesn't have time for us right now. It's going to be. I think he yeah. was saying though. Um, anytime he's not on the podcast, he's going to be one of our twenty dollars supporters on Patreon. But we're not going to add him to the list this week because I don't. No, I'm not going to. Yeah. So. No, I'm not going to read his name. Okay, but so so Phil is Phil is all well and fine. We didn't fire him yet, uh, and he didn't quit yet. He's just not here this week, which is good because you'll see we have a special topic that we designed for this episode without Phil. But first, I want to read not just our top Patreon supporters, but all of our Patreon supporters because we haven't done that in a little while, and and the list is humbling, and uh, I like to. I like to watch Bill tear up a little bit while we do this. <laughs> and I really um, do, just, actually. Yeah, so do I. Uh, this is just the list. This is no particular order besides it's just the way they're listed on this webpage that I'm reading off of. So, without further ado, Make Build Modify, John Made It, Jeff Shaw, Rody Jeff, the Maybe I've Said Too Much podcast. We. God. Uh, it, Phil, has, Phil has to do that one. I can't do that one. So, we'll just skip that one. Um, Infinite Craftsman. Chad from Mancrafting, Jackman Works, that's Paul Jackman, uh, Ryan Ridgely from Barnrat Studio, Brad Dudenhofer, Jim Bashirs, LiquidRC.com, Shane Bronson, Greg Mead, Scott Turner, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> Did double duty there, huh? <laughs> Can't we just tell people that I blew the horn? Okay, good job. Right, uh, Stu, Stu Morrison, uh, David Bellhorn, uh, Daryl Cooksey, SD Works. Keith Johnson, Brett Benson, Made by Laurent, Driftless Joinery, Stanley Pierce, Christopher Pixley, Rob Hamlet, Square Splinter, that's a great name, <laughs> uh, Maker Geek, Fact, uh, Factotum Industries, Brian Stoddart, Rachel Steele, Tasman, <laughs> have a good vacation, Tasman, Camille G, Dominic, John so J. Bad. Hilgers Jr., Nick Carruthers, Eric Blanchett, Aaron Lund, Paul D. Mayette, you have to say the D. The D is for double down. Uh, Joe Pierce Maker. <laughs> I don't know what that means. DDM made. Uh, Danny Olendorf. Al's Hack Shack. Patty Gilstrap. Uh, Dan Stark. Steve from Moonshine Metalworks. Matt Valbricht. <sighs> Making it home with Steve Mosley. Uh, G Customs. Tony Rulo. Jim Marulo. Daniel Harju. Chuck Curtis. Matt Williams. Master of None. Yorin. Uh, Clock Yorin, I'm sorry, I just butchered that name. Yorin Clock, uh, Tim Sway, William Lutz. I don't know why we're in there. Um, Tim Greenwood, Gary Fuji, Wave Cycles, 
Alan Canterbury. I'll tell you why when I get to the end of the list. Uh, Phil Patrick, <laughs> Dave, Dave Morris, uh, Jonathan Holt, Maker on the Move, Khalifa, Make Break Repeat. <laughs> Another great name. <laughs> <laughs> story of my life um, Michael Belliner Matt Parker Joel um, that's Joel from the Maybe I Said Too Much podcast uh, Chris McIntosh Laura Comps so we're getting two paychecks from him <laughs> poor guy <laughs> okay uh, okay Chris McIntosh Laura Comp, um Jackson Linder Live Free and DIY Dave Bauer Scott Hahn and Marcus our friend Marcus and, and the reason why when we do this master list we read I have to read my name and, and Bill's name is because well, Phil, Phil who really set this does, whole... He, well, he charges us to be on the podcast. People don't believe that, but he really <laughs> he does make us. us pay to be on our own podcast. Well, it's not. It's, it's more that he charges us to listen to our podcast. Um, or <laughs> however you want to look at it, I guess. He's just charging <laughs> us. <laughs> so, so we're so actually the two top patron supporters because everything that we make, um, he pays us a dollar a month to do this, so... <laughs> Um, without further ado, Phil, what are you up to? Oh, okay, never mind. That <laughs> was an easy one this week. We don't even have to actually. This is the week when he we we ask him when he's not here, and every other week we skip over. I know, right? That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, how about you, Bill? What have you been up to, man? What, what's going on in uh, your oh, makerspace man. there? Well, Tasman is on vacation. Uh, it's my coworker, and because of that, I'm working. Well, I'm actually having to work now, so I haven't had a lot of time at home. Um, but I did order a couple of things that I'm excited to try for this next build. So I bought a little um, uh, three-band equalizing uh, preamp with a mm. with a rod piezo that yep. goes into it under, and the, I'm gonna, under the bridge. Correct. I'm gonna, well, I'm either I haven't decided if I want to go under the bridge or make the bridge the actual piezo holder. So I'll either go under the soundboard or it'll actually be a part of the bridge itself. Either way, yes, it's technically under the bridge. Uh, if I can make a suggestion, make your bridge in two parts. So you make a, a wooden right. piece that you glue the onto the thing with a little on, slot, then the piezo, and then, and then the, the bridge, bridge so you can carve right. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the best way. Well, there's yeah. there's with the cigar box guitars. I don't know if it's um, anything, but this is this is a good segue. But uh, one of the things you can do differently too is because it's got to stick through a neck through thing you can actually mm -hmm. embed that rod piezo into the neck itself which is just under i mean literally yeah. under where the bridge goes so but there's, yep. there's people do it both ways and and i'm i like designing my own bridges so that might be one way i, I do it and try and, and make it a little bit more special but it's going to be neat i haven't tried it yet um this one because most of these things are made for an acoustic guitar it's kind of got a wave to it the way it mounts as opposed to a flat cigar box so i'm going to kind of have to probably come up with a little bit of a gasket to fill that up if that makes any sense you know on an acoustic guitar it's usually mounted right where there's a slight curve yeah so on a cigar box it's just flat so this well no acoustic guitars are have flat tops there's arch top guitars have an, a curve to them but an, a regular old acoustic guitar will have a flat top so but the, the bridge usually has a little shape to it for cosmetics. no no i'm not i'm not talking about the the top of the i'm talking about the side the way the uh so oh, this, this oh, you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 see how it's got like it's yep. like that. So it's I'm not gonna sorry. right because the, the elect the electronics on the acoustic guitar go into the upper bout of is that the what that's called the, the bout? That's what I call it. I don't know, but uh, there's like a yeah because the guitar is like an eight shape, it's shaped like an eight almost. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's, it's got contour that. to. So yeah. I'm gonna you, you'll I'm, be able to figure that out. 
Well, I'm either gonna I'm either gonna try and melt the plastic a little bit with a heat gun, <laughs> seriously, because I think I can flatten yeah. it because it's pretty flexible as it is, right? I can yeah. straighten it just by doing that. So I might yep. be able to just melt it to where it kind of sits flat, or just put a thick rubber gasket and then squish it down. It'll be fine. But anyway, maybe even some. I never use it, but maybe um, milliput. If you got black milliput, and then you could like form a gasket with that and then it, it stick it in and it will actually like work as the adhesive too right oh no kidding that might be fun to try I think I mean you might still need to put a couple screws in but I think you could almost like instead of making a gasket or instead of buying a gasket which is flat you could just use that black putty almost like um J, uh, what is it uh, JB, JB Steel Weld. or what, JB Weld almost like that yeah you know what I mean like mix that up and it'll be black and then it'll form, you know what, fit. even even one of my favorites too is just um, hot glue Hot glue would fill in the gaps because it's yeah. it's it's not even that going to be that much. I know anyway. it's a sixteenth of an inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Details. that's uh yeah. that's all I did is I've been ordering stuff on Amazon to try from this this veterans guitar build I'm going to do is going to be spectacular and I'm going to have a, a little um, battery operated amp to go with it. So basically, I want to sell this auction off. Uh, half the proceeds go to I have decided Brian McCauley helped me figure out that I oh. do I do want to do Wounded Warriors. So. Half the Excellent. proceeds go to Wounded Warriors, and you'll have you'll be able to sit down in your easy chair, plug in the this cigar box guitar to this little practice amp, and you'll have the pick and the slide, everything you need just to to get going. You won't need nothing. You have to buy nothing but this guitar, and you'll be set. So I think it's going to turn out really cool. How awesome would it be if the person that bid on it then gave it to a vet? Ooh, just throwing it out there, just 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 in case yeah. you're listening, you're going to bid on this when it's done. I, I think that would be the stuff and we would promote yeah. the heck out of it on here and uh, on my million yeah. viewer uh, YouTube channel I'm gonna here's what you need to do Bill you need to make two of them <laughs> so <laughs> the person that can bid on them they get to keep one and they have to give another one to a vet uh, or no or you I, give one to a vet make two so you, you the, the winner gets the one and then you give almost because like um what's like Tom's shoes does that every time you buy a pair they give a pair to a person that needs shoes right you know you know what I, I think might, you, you know should what, me, you should try that first I think you build I think a guitar, I give it away and then sell one and give it away and I'll do that as well we'll do a double I think whammy I'm, I think I might let's talk about that I might I might want to try something like that. We'll see if we can find a way to make it work for us so we don't both lose our shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but, this uh, is one of the things we're going to talk about uh, is uh, the differences of, of what I do and what you do. And there's quite a bit. And one of them is my shirt is a lot easier found than yours. <laughs> you're wearing, a, you're wearing a, a half shirt tank top. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I cut the sleeves off, man. It saves me money. And that's why I turned my video feed off for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what about you? So I haven't worked on nothing. What are you working on? Okay, I'm working on, uh, we were talking a little bit in the pre-show. Um, it might have even been before we started recording about that sort of spinning your wheels. So I've been spinning my wheels a little bit because I'm working on um, a bunch of little things and I'm, and I'm not really accomplishing anything. But So I'm working on the pinball desk. And what that is is like I have to, I put a piece of wood on with glue and I have to put a weight on it to hold it down because I don't want any nails or anything. And I can't, there's nowhere to really easily clamp. So I waited to clamp it. Then I have to like wait an hour before I can do it again, like for the next piece. So while I'm doing that, I've been putzing around some guitars. I just finished up a bass that I'm actually really happy with. Um, and uh, then I was like, I had this idea of, uh, I wanted to start, I haven't done anything with my Etsy store in a long time. So I'm, uh, 
I'm starting to uh, make some more silly signs and stuff for my Etsy shop. I was messing around with the CNC, kind of like I want to put that CNC to work more. Every time that thing's sitting idle, I feel like I'm I'm doing it a disservice and my business a disservice. So I'm trying to get that thing working more. Some simple stuff, not these big, complicated, long carves like guitars. You know, just trying to set myself up to maybe get other smaller income. So every morning I can come in, fire the CNC, and cut a half a dozen signs Se- season, yeah and, seasonal signs man i mean what's coming up right labor day's coming up make right. some labor day signs well yeah i was thinking about that but then i was uh i was there's a lot of stuff like that on etsy already so i was thinking about like i want to just make basically what i came up with i was gonna make stupid signs <laughs> like i put i posted some pictures there like I, I took a picture of a cat and um and i just put a bunch of things underneath it that were stupid like one of them says i pooped in your shoe <laughs> you know what? That's actually going to. I'm not going to say it on air, uh, just yeah. because we're PG-13. But uh, Matt and John Deresta have a sign. It's a very simple oh, I know sign. Their, I know their sign. And yep. they sell them like hotcakes. Like hotcakes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so something like that. I That's a regret purchase, though. You know that. You know that 24 year old girl that bought that sign like like three weeks later is like kind of hidden in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like an impulse buy that that's like totally regrettable. <laughs> but but yeah no that's that's a neat idea some silly signs like that i mean some of those are just just fun they're just fun yeah i was just messing around because like like, what got me started on it was i made a sign i was thinking like doing like music quote signs and um you know taking like you know inspirational music quotes and so then i went i found some like keisha lyrics that are just basically i'm gonna get sleazy she just says over and over again i saw that that, and i don't know so i dropped that onto the file She's just a pop singer, you know. Actually, she's a classically trained pop singer, if I remember correctly, but she's like the daughter of a music producer or something. But, um, so it's just like garbage bubblegum music, you know. But, uh, <laughs> so I just thought it'd be funny to, do, like, garbage, to make this like but, you know. flowers and music notes and guitar kind of plaque with like this just the cheesiest pop lyrics you could find or the stupidest pop lyrics. So I was just cracking myself up doing that. Um, and business as usual. But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was, uh, you know what? I Yesterday I made, and I can't try it for another 24 hours, but uh, Vance and I made our own ginger beer. Um, Way to I've been go. Drinking, yeah, bootlegging been, with the miner. I'm sure that uh, now all you have well, to do is drive him across straight state lines. You can break lines some well, federal laws, yeah. But it's it's ginger beer. It's not beer. So <laughs> oh. Technic, technically there is yeast in it. So it could it could potentially you know it, it could uh, ferment. ferment, it could ferment, but not to any like level that's going to get you drunk. You know what I mean? But um, well, do you let them just drink like you know Nyquil? Like it's you know for like it's a good way to help them sleep at night. Just give them a, a cup. Well, he, a cup. no, he well he usually he usually um cuts his whiskey with Nyquil. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's no, really cool though as a kit did you buy a kit or no i just looked it up because i i've been drinking i, I well i i don't want to say i quit drinking a couple months ago but i i haven't had a drink in a few months okay. um and that was you know it's just like I, the only thing i drink is whiskey because i love whiskey but uh some I, someone had given me a bottle and then i had another bottle and then someone gave me another bottle and then they were all gone i was like you know what maybe i'm drinking too much whiskey <laughs> So, so I decided to stop drinking whiskey for a while. And I don't know if I quit forever or not, but um, but what I've been drinking instead is uh, ginger beer. They make this Jamaican spicy okay. ginger beer, 
And uh, so that's like my little treat at the end of the day. And I've been loving it, but it's expensive. It's hard to find. And um, I'm me. So I'm like, well, I can make that. And so I just found a very simple recipe online and I tried it. And um, But the idea is I want to start messing with it and like kind of create my own concoction. So I'm just making a base one right now. We'll see how it works. Adjust. And also I can put less sugar in it if I make it myself because I don't really like right. – eat a lot of sugar. I don't like a lot of sugar. So so well, and then um, I'm, congratulations. I'm going to get some like wasabi powder or something and spice it up and, you know. What about uh, what about guy? You, you're a hippie. Casey drinks. It's called kombucha. Do you drink that at all? I've never tried that. Um, I'm not that big of a hippie. Yet. Well, I'm also East Coast, so that stuff takes longer to get here. Like it's, <laughs> it's just starting to hit. Like that's just it's, starting to happen around here. There's like there's like some basic raw kombucha that's just basically it's foot juice. If you if you just soaked yeah. your shoe in a bucket of water, it's what it smells and tastes like. But they do have some that are flavored, and all it is is kind of like a carbonated. Not fermented, but fermented. I don't know what it is. She loves it. I I can tolerate the like cranberry flavor and you know green tea mm. or whatever, uh, but that might be something you'd be interested in because she says it does. Yeah, you know, I don't know. it's healthier it's, than what it's, I'm. Well, well it's all beer. it's all about the uh, it's like yogurt. What are the enzymes or whatever? It's, you know, living cultures. Right, are, it's supposed to be healthy for you. Yeah, gut gut enzymes are. Yeah, uh, I just I can't get over the foot smell, but yeah, yeah, I don't like yogurt. <laughs> I like yo. I like your play. I like your play. No, it's not real okay. yogurt. But I, I the how light. I'm paid to say that right now, buddy. I, you know what? I I should get uh, your play and Lacroix because they're both sound yeah. French. <gasps> Maybe I can go to France, and that's where I'm missing in my market. Yeah, you'll be a, you'll be huge in France. Yeah, start start doing all your videos in French. Your play, Lacroix. <laughs> That was bad. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, speaking speaking of sponsors, I'll, I'll plug one real quick. Um, I'm excited about. It. I just I'm, they're in the mail right now. Um, there's a company called, and I'm telling you this too, Bill. Um, is and it does tie into our topic of, of what we're doing since Phil isn't here. Is uh, this whole podcast? We're going to talk about making guitars. I'm planning on doing an upcoming video on my YouTube channel where I kind of answer some questions people have asked me about guitar making with reclaimed. And we thought we'd just do like since Phil's not here, a little just nerd out. Guitar yeah. chat. I have a couple questions for for Bill, the way he does things, and I, I know I, I I know you're making a different instrument, and it, it might be a quote simpler instrument, but I learn stuff from watching your videos all the time. So I have a couple questions for you. Um, you might have some for me. I do. Um, and uh, but um, there's a company I've been looking for as I'm trying to develop this guitar company. Uh, you know, companies to work with like other products. I'm trying to find like the right pickup manufacturer so I can standardize my pickups and and uh, one of the things is because and we can get into that in the making of it one of my theories of of the guitars is that uh, the tone wood is like not as important as people think it is and where more of the tone comes from is the player, the electronics and the strings. And uh, people often overlook these things as they're, they're worried about Coca Bolo instead of just getting a decent set of strings, you know. Right, right. So there's a, there's a company that based out of Nashville. They're called Stringjoy, and the guy he was a tone nerd, you know, self proclaimed, and uh, and he started the string company looking for the perfect string, uh, and he's now got a pretty successful company going. And I haven't tried them yet. I'm, he's sending me some some samples. I'm really excited to try them because they're made in America by a guy who cares. Uh, he's giving uh, money to music education for every pack sold. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and uh, they're I, a little I need bit to more get a hold of him because there might be a whole market. Because if he can sell them in sets of well, three, that's what I was, that he sells them individually. So you can buy uh, you can buy the three 
gauges that you want. If you want odd sizes, you can just buy them all individually right off the site. So stringjoy.com. So if you're a cigar box guitar maker or a regular guitar maker, right. check that out because you're going to be able to get your strings there. And they're they're made in America. They're hand wound by like technicians in Music City. You know what I mean? Right. So like I just I'm ex- I can't wait to hear them. I'm, hopefully they'll be in by. When I get them, I'm going to do like an Instagram story with them right away and like put them on a guitar and try them out and do a first impression, and then I'll, you know, be doing other stuff with them as well. But so that that's I'm like super excited to be able to say that my guitars have like they'll all have the same strings and yeah yeah yeah. Anyways, uh, guitar making. I've talked too much, so why don't you talk now? Go. Uh, I like to make cigar box guitars. All right, great. Our uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I uh, when you when you brought this up, I thought that would be kind of fun because there, I think there's a lot of things in general that you know as reclaimers, especially um, that guitar making. There's there's some techniques and some some things some procedures that we use, and I've been trying. That's my latest videos have been trying to highlight one thing I do in the process of you know how I shape the mm. neck, how I cut a scarf joint, how I m- make marks with burning wood, blah 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 blah. Um, there's a lot of techniques that we use that just are basic, make you know sanding, you know what you know making jigs, blah blah. So I I think this is fun, and for anybody that does want to start playing with guitars or making a guitar you can start off like i did and i'm not ever going to go graduate to real guitars because just too much complication but or you can if you're young enough and you want to see make the amazing stuff like tim is doing you can go there but yeah let's talk about it man i have a question okay well um let me ask you a question first because you just mentioned it um the scarf joint uh now i saw your video on the jig i'll have to watch it again but that's something um i've been wanting to talk to you a little bit about because i've never made a scarf joint honestly Um, okay not like that i've for people that maybe don't know guitar necks there's the neck which is the strings go on and then there's a part of the top they call the head go figure and then there's a body right (laughs) but um on the head there's tuning pegs um that you wind the strings around you tighten up the strings there now some guitars the head is parallel to the neck and there's usually a little like a tensioner that pushes down the string so they kind of set in where they need to be and then on other guitars the head is on an angle about a 15 20 degree angle back so that just puts the tuning pegs down lower than the neck so it pulls the strings down to hold them into place that is my preferred method of guitar i like that for a lot of reasons nerdy and and whatever um, but I'm not doing that right now because I've been trying to maximize efficiency on the CNC machine. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing the other kind because I can cut it out of a smaller piece of wood. Right. But what I would like, because I was I've, every time I've done those types of heads that slant back, I've done them out of one large piece of wood and I've cut the shape out. Um, but what I want to do is I want to rewrite my CNC files so I have the neck and, and a scarf joint that are two separate files that I then glue together. So I was hoping you could maybe tell me a little bit about how you join the scarf like how do you how do you do the math on that do you figure the length and stuff out after or uh yes so i know that um regardless of the width of the head right as long as my Mm -hmm. angle is pretty much the same as the angle you know the cut the scarf because it's like you said about 15 degrees so as long as i've got a piece of wood that's the thickness i want for the head but the same angle cut on it that matches the same angle on the neck it doesn't matter you see what i'm saying yeah 
and then you just glue them right. together. You can glue it on top. You can glue it on the bottom. And I, I've been playing with it all different ways. I be, with a slide guitar, especially. You don't have to. I can actually uh, create a design. And I think your the base I made for you is like that, to where it's 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 glued. Oh yeah, with that yeah. on top, and then the 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 fretboard goes over that, and it's got that little bit of a the same angle cut to it. So it makes a nice little like wooden pattern in there. I like doing it that way, but. It's like a V because of the woods kind of cr- yeah, crossing. Yeah, so it yeah. kind of just a little highlight, a little style thing. So, uh, and then I've had people that tell me, "Oh, that's not strong enough." You know, for I think for a regular scarf joint and furniture making, it probably wouldn't be. But a scarf joint doesn't have to be that strong on a guitar because. Mm. I I well, don't on a, on, a, on a cigar boss guitar. I would agree. Well, yeah. even even on a regular guitar, because all of your tension is being put at. The, the top of where the head meets the neck. So all of your tension is being put right there. It's not actually pulling up on it so much that it's going to break that, that glue joint. Yeah, I, I just can't see that happening. It's just... Well, I, I if it's... Yeah, I mean, because if the, the glue is always stronger than the wood. That's but, what I'm saying. It would, rip I mean? that wood, it would rip that wood out, if, if, if yeah. anything. So I, I don't think it the, matters too much. It's got to be strong, but I, I just think that regardless of whether that's on top or the bottom isn't going to make a difference for a, a, a guitar. Because I know yeah. each string is about 80 pounds of pressure, and you got six times eight is whatever that is, 400-something pounds. I promise you, you lay that guitar on the ground and put a 500-pound weight on that scarf joint, that neck piece, it ain't going to break. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just I, not... I agree. You know, but I have seen, like, uh, Gibson guitars, for instance, they have the slanted head, and they do scarf joints there sometimes, um, and I've seen them broken. Uh in that area those those guitars are famous for breaking there because you know oh. the musicians the strap the strap falls but what it is is picture how you hold a guitar standing the strap comes off the peg the head takes a head dive and it smacks into the ground sideways right so the guitar you're holding the guitar like you're playing it but then the head goes down so the bottom set of tuning keys hit right. the ground and the, and that's what causes them to break but it can't be it's not the glue that's breaking it's the wood i think they got yeah i mean cocky with this the thickness of the wood there you're right. So as far as durability in that manner, I don't know what I'm talking about. But as far as you know, the tension of the strings being able to snap the... Now, it, it can bend the neck. Obviously, that's why we put a strut in it. Or you do. I don't have to do that. Um, mm. But I, I don't think it could pull that scarf joint apart. Yeah, now you, don't, you do not put truss rods in your cigar box. No, I did put a metal or an aluminum brace on the base that I made you, and I don't think I needed mm. to. I was just because base strings, oh my gosh, you're so thick, right? Uh, I still don't think that would have been enough to be a problem, but on regular cigar boxes, I've not heard of anybody that tries to put a truss rod. I, I put pieces of aluminum in there to add for uh, strength, but if you're using hardwoods, I don't think you got to worry about it. Mm. See, I, I feel like, because uh, a lot of people write to me about guitar making because they want to get into it, and uh, they're intimidated by it. And I really feel like the Cigar Box guitar, I mean, and you're a great example of that, is such a good way to start because the principles are the same, but the it, it's just like literally half of it, you know, to begin right. with. Um, it, and uh, it's just a simpler version, you know. Yeah, so I mean. That's why I thought it'd be fun to hear you sort of talk about some of these little things, like because it's really just basic woodworking. 
It is. It's very basic woodworking. And then when you when you figure out the electronics and uh, if you're going to do an electric, uh, that's pretty basic too. And, and it's just like anything. It's like I was thinking it's uh, it's akin to the X carve as a CNC as opposed to the Shopbot, right? They both do the same thing. One mm. is much more able. One is more complicated. One can do much more. You know, an X-Carve is pretty much user-friendly. You can It's a lot easier to use, and the Cigar Box guitar is a lot easier to play and build. It's for, I mean, trust me, folks, if I can figure this out and I'm learning how at, at 50, anybody can do this. It is a gateway into going as far as you want, and it's it takes away a lot of the, the intimidation from the, the whole music thing. Because like I said, anybody that can play a guitar or music or piano or anything, to me, they were magic. It was just like, I, there's no way I could do it. No way possible. I don't have that kind of skill set. I can't think that way. It's just never gonna happen. And here I am building and making instruments and playing and learning how to play them, so. Mm. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Great audio, we both paused <laughs> Well, we both so had to drink. Waters at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. All right, yeah, I'm gonna have to revisit that video of yours because I'm I'm thinking about I got some ideas for that. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of different too. there's a lot of different jigs too. Now, um, I also have two other jigs that I made at different angles, and they are basically like half a miter sled, right? So one of the slots on my table saw hold a small piece of wood that butts up against to the blade, and then I just have an angled piece of glue uh, stick a wood glued to it. So I use that as a, like a miter sled. And I cut like a my fence. Yeah. yeah, and I just I just cut the joints the same that way, um, or the one that I that I actually made a video that comes from the top down, and that one's kind of it's a little more precise, but either one of them works just fine. So, see, I, the the thing that I need to do is I guess I need to figure out the two files, and I'll have to just make some test cuts. I just hate you know cutting up dozens of two by fours or whatever, but um. Because my neck, I you know, your neck runs all the way through the body, so you could make it you know forty eight feet long and then just cut right. it to length when you're done. But mine has to fit into a pocket on the guitar, for the most part, for the way I'm making it. So the all those factors have to be decided beforehand if I'm going to do them on the CNC. Um, because again, it's about I have I, I don't want to do them by hand necessarily because it takes too much time I'm trying to you know make them at a at a cost level. But um, so I need to figure out. So if I make the piece of wood, you're, then you're I, worried you know, about the scale the whole neck right. is shaped. Right. Right, the whole neck is shaped, and then I just take the neck over to my table saw and go zip and cut the scarf, and then the whole head is made, and right. I can just take that over the table saw and go zip and then glue the two together, and all the lengths are right. That's what I have to figure out. So I guess it's just a matter of digging in. Um, make a couple of test pieces because I believe the way you glue it, um, you can you can guarantee that the, the cut of the, the angle, if it's on top, if the neck is on, I think... No, if the headpiece is glued on top, no, yeah. no. If the neck is glued neck on top, top of the head, then yeah. that right where that cut is, that's where your uh, nut's going to go. But right. if you, but if right. you put put it the other way, then there's like a variance there that you have to figure out where those two line up. Yeah, that's. What I, I think it was not. I think I'm overthinking it. I think if I just made the neck file to start at the nut, yep, and then I just scarf it. You know. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's enough about that. Maybe. <laughs> 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 but talk about but what's fun about, about. That, fun about that real quick is just that a scarf joint is a woodworking, that's joinery for woodworking. And I didn't really, right. kind of knew what it was. I never really thought about it until doing this. But it's a carryover of making into the cigar box guitar or cigar or uh, guitar world of making. So yeah. it's, it's a woodworking yeah. joinery. Yeah. So yeah I, absolutely. So 
here, here's a question I have for you. Did you see uh, somebody posted on Instagram, I believe, last week we talked about, or I mentioned that, wouldn't it be neat to make a body uh, part epoxy, right? Resin? Oh, yeah. And then somebody posted a picture of a company that's making them now, and it looks pretty awesome. And then one of the comments was, well, I, I got to hear it play because it's, you know, the, the harmonics of the epoxy is going to be different than the harmonics of the wood and blah, 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 blah. And so it made me really want to, first, I want to ask you because you would know this much more than I. And you've already said the harmonics to you are less important or the, the tone of the wood is less important than the electronics and the strings. That's where it's going to come from. I know that on an acoustic guitar, the wood, the actual wood itself can make a big difference because you don't, you're not relying on the electronics. But on yes. an electric guitar, is it really that important? It's the same as in the in the hands of a skilled maker, the Harbor Freight tools are fine. You right. know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's the same thing. And, and it is controversial. Um, a lot of people disagree. Um, but there's so much, there's so many factors in an electric guitar, and that's one of those things people get nervous about with electric guitars is that they put all this pressure on them, and and I think that's what I want to kind of get to in this podcast too is like ah don't, you know make it out of a two by a bunch of two by fours and glue right. together. There's there's downsides to it obviously, but go ahead and try, and when it fails you'll see why, and then you go make it out of something else. You know like it's I think people think they have to make their first guitar has to be this like perfect no, guitar. No, it doesn't. And it's not gonna be. It's just not gonna be. You have to make like you know twenty of them before you're going to get to that point but so so don't be afraid to experiment with it and, and try new things just because it's not done doesn't mean it's not going to work you know um but in, in with electric guitars there is a difference in in the wood the, in the way it's going to string up and play absolutely i'm not i'm not going to say that there isn't however i think it is the least important part of the tone <laughs> chain because the most important part is the technician it's the guy holding the skill saw it's not if the if the cut's crooked it's not the saw's fault you know right um, and it's the same with the guitar. And so, you know, that being the, the first, and then the second is, you know, the electronics with it, because again, it's not the, it's like an acoustic guitar. The wood is vibrating and stuff. And even that there's, there's a lot of room for, for a lot of wiggle room in acoustics too. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's the electronics are doing the job. So if it's not, if it's like not trebly enough, you can turn the treble knob up on your amp. You know what I mean? Uh, high quality pickup will make anything sound good. Right. Uh, you know, and I've done that. You've seen some of my earlier builds, like, you know, snow skis and stuff. Like, I mean, it takes some work. Like, I made a double bass out of a snow ski with another snow ski for a fingerboard. <laughs> and it doesn't sound as good as my 1927 hand-carved spruce right. upright bass. But I can plug it in. I can turn a bunch of knobs and I can do the job on it. You know what I mean? So, so what that means is that you don't need the $10,000 hand-carved spruce bass from Czechoslovakia. You can do it with a couple snow skis. And, and, you know, and, that, yeah, and that's what I want to make possible. One of the things yeah. I was going to point out too, a lot of people don't realize, is that the your amp is going to make up for a lot of the. An amp actually doesn't just transfer the exact sound of the guitar. You can turn all these different buttons on it. And you can distort those sounds anyway. So your amp is going to give you different tones and sounds and styles. You know, yes. I mean, it's got all these different. You know, you can pretend like it's a British '80s rock amp band thing. You know what I mean? It's got so you're gonna you're gonna change all those sounds anyway and negate the actual sound of the wood. It's actually going through this electronic device that's transferring those vibrations to make the noise come out of it with a bunch of knobs and yeah. buttons. And that's you know, uh, I I was playing music long enough to watch that technology really blossom because right. it didn't exist when I when I was learning. I mean, we had effects pedals. Um, right. Nowadays, they have these. It's called modeling amps, and they have a. It's a. Com it's a computer chip. Yes. You know, there's computer chips in there, and, and uh, you know the software and the computers is absolutely amazing. And like when I recorded my album in 2007, 
I uh, used all amplifiers. I have all these like weird little practice amps and tube amps and this and that. And you'd have like, well, this amp is for that sound and this amp is for that sound. And I would mic them and I'd spend hours putting the mic in the same spot. Now I just plug the damn thing into my computer and I pick the amp from a list of like a hundred of them that right. I can't afford. And I, and I get that. And it's like, it's amazing. Like how good it is when it first came out, you know, it existed 12 years ago when I made my record, but it didn't sound good, you know? And now it's like, you know, or, or I just got old and don't care, <laughs> but it's, it is amazing. It's amazing how the, the ability of the electronics, you know, just totally, it just, in my opinion, means we don't need to deforest the Amazon, like, because we, right. our technology has made that not necessary, you know? And, and as far as, yeah. is, is the, the newbie being worried about making, uh, making the perfect guitar, I, I liken this to when I first started golfing, uh, and I don't golf that much. I don't know if what I do on a golf course is called golfing, to be honest, but I, <laughs> I do love to golf. And I don't know if I told the story or not, but when I, I worked at a car dealership, uh, I ran the service department and some golf pros used to service their cars. So they gave me some free lessons. They gave me a set of clubs. And one of the biggest things they told me is like, look, when you're a professional, when you're actually on tour, and this can, I think this can apply to a musician, having a little bit more quality instrument, you are, as a professional, oh, yeah. you're going to make yeah. use of that. But as an amateur, you're not going to be able to tap into that quality anyway. Same thing with golfing. I don't care if you buy that golf ball that's $120 each or the 25-pack for $15 each. The average golfer cannot get any better golfing out of the ball. It's just not going to happen. It's the same. Yeah. Now, when you become a pro, you can pick one ball that you can actually get another seven feet out of that. When you hit the ball, it'll go seven feet farther. That ball, because you're so good, you've done everything right, that that makes yeah. the difference. The club itself makes a difference, but not to the average guy, man. You're, you're, yeah. you're, making, you're making noise on a piece of stick with some strings that are stretched on it, and it's awesome. Just do it. And alternatively, if you're the pro that can get that extra seven feet out of that golf ball, you're also the pro that can hit that dented one that was run over by a car exactly. and get it on the green. And it's just, you know, and it's the same with guitars. It's like, you know, it's not the guitar that's making the music. You know, right. that's just the skill saw. That's you know, it's just the yeah. It's it, it's controversial. And I've played nice guitars and nice instruments, and they're beautiful, and they talk back to you. And there's all these little subtle things that happen. And 99% of the time when I'm playing music or what I was when I was doing it for a living, I was on a stage in a bar with a bunch of people that really didn't care or weren't <laughs> listening or, or they were drunk and they were loving it, but they were hammered and it just didn't matter. Right. Now in this, you know, but now when they, when they would take this, these big like $20,000 microphones and like wheel them out to me to record my double bass, I didn't bring the snow ski to that gig. <laughs> no, I brought the, I brought the real bass. That's what that's for. But in, in most of these situations, like, but that real bass, that carved one, I never once brought that to a bar because it's too fragile and it's too expensive, and I didn't want it to get hurt. So you bring the, the snow ski to that, or you bring the $1,000 instrument, the $500 instrument, you know, and you, and you use those in those situations, and that's what I'm trying to make. Right. I'm not making the microscope instruments, you know. Maybe Reclaimed isn't. Maybe maybe I'll get better at it. Maybe I'll take Reclaimed to that level. I hope so, you know. Well, it's certainly I, I feel possible, like I've made a couple yeah. good ones now. Yeah, you know. Uh, it might be a little more work. Um the, the other thing I, I wanted to, because, you know, I think that guitars are like boats. They're like one of those, like for woodworkers, it's like one of those things. Right, right. You know, like every woodworker wants to make a boat and a guitar. And uh, the biggest the the biggest turnoff to it is the neck um, and the precision of it and the scarf joints and stuff. So uh, I wanted to talk sort of uh, 
neck tricks or sort of approaches and see what you've come up with because you know that's like basically your whole build right it is for me yeah you know so the, the you know there's a, some complicated math that goes into the putting the frets in mm-hmm. um i wanted to hear you explain that because i think it'll be less cluttered than <laughs> my <laughs> thoughts on it well um so i don't make a lot of fretted ones but if anybody's worried about putting frets on a cigar box guitar don't it, there's a lot more complication on a on a real guitar standard guitar because you're working with the curvature of the top of the neck as opposed to a flat a really flat surface on a and, and you're only anyway it's it's not hard it's just not but as far as the math goes so the way i understand it your scale length is from the bridge to the nut you're, you're going to be able to tune 12 notes and you're going to put uh 12 of those notes are going to go halfway between the the bridge and the nut and then from that point on is the is the upper register or the the higher of the same notes just a, an octave above right yeah so yeah, it's math and i don't know what that math is but you can google it you can buy templates you can tune it and put a mark on there just by doing it so what what i've done on some of my slide guitars is i will this way you don't have to worry about the scale length because scale length, I know, I think I said for t- like a bass is 30, 32, 34 inches, pretty standard. Um, on a guitar, it could be 24, 24 and a half, 25, 25 and a half, 25 and a half being pretty standard for most guitars, six strings. Um, but it doesn't matter because if you just, if you don't worry about the math at all and you string it up, you put one string on that thing and you, you, you have it taught and you get your tuner out i have an app on my phone and i just start plucking it and see where i'm at and if, and i tune my guitars to an open g so i want to get that string when you just pluck it it's going to be at a g once i get it tuned i'm like okay now if i start tuning it again i i, I know that i'm at a g so i'll measure whatever the length is from nut to to bridge halfway there halfway exactly half of that length so if it ends up let's say i make it I don't know, 20 inches, 10 inches, I know it's going to be that G at an octave higher. And so if I have those two pretty much in line, now I can just use the tuner. Okay, I got it to a G. Now I'll tune it up, and there's going to be the next mark, and there's going to be the next mark, and there's going to be the next mark. You just pluck it. Because you put your, you keep putting your finger down until you see the next note on the scale. Co- like A correct, will come after correct. G. That's, so that's what I'm, you're saying? Yeah. I either put my finger down or I actually use my slide because the slide acts like yeah. a fret. It's a movable fret. It's a mobile fret. Yeah. So I stick yeah. the fret on there and I pluck it and as I move that fret, oh, there's the A. I put a little mark right right where my slide is. Go to the next yep. one. So I don't know what that's called. I think it's what that's tuning it harmonically or? It's just, uh, you just... Hunt and peck, I think. Right, it is. It, it literally <laughs> you know? is. Yeah. But if like if I can figure that out, anybody can. But there is an actual mathematic. It's math. It's absolutely mathematics. The scale, you can make, if you made your string a mile long, you can make octave hires all the way for a mile. You know, it's just it goes on for infinity. Yeah. Of course, the, if of you, course uh, the, the well, fronts would be so close together at some point, it would be pretty difficult, but. Yeah, yeah, but quicker than you think too because of exponential math. But um, right. the uh, 
if you if you go to uh, Stu Mac or Stuart McDonald is the mm-hmm. full name StuMac.com and search fret calculator you could probably just Google search fret calculator and they have a, a, a nifty little thing you can plug in the, the length of string that you want to make and how many frets you want stuff and it'll spit the numbers out to the thousandth of an inch or millimeters if you prefer right to where you need to put those marks now you have a paper template I saw where did you get that now there's a website where I buy almost all of my uh, uh, my pickups my strings and and stuff to build these things and it's CB giddy so it's CBG cigar box guitar CB giddy g-i-t-t-y dot com and they sell everything and they've got they've got uh, laser engraved templates uh, from ukulele scale all the way up to a bass and they've got these real cheap uh, inexpensive paper templates and you just buy the template it's just, you know, and, and I've also copied, Casey has an acoustic uh, Ibanez, I believe, and I, I just copied that. That was my first one I built. I just took and copied that with a piece of paper off of her guitar where the frets were on that. Must work. Mm. But yeah, so cbgiddy.com if you want to try. And you can buy everything from them, from everything you need, like the entire kit, a cigar box, a neck, strings, and a pickup, or without a pickup, just an acoustic. To get started, and once you once you build one and you pluck it and it makes noise, you're you're hooked. You're you're gonna want this is not that <laughs> hard. True. Yeah, and it's just and then you just get better and you refine it. I I think my builds are getting nice comparatively to what I've seen being sold in stores and at craft shows. Uh, my cigar box guitars are nice. They are. Yeah, yeah. No, they are. I, w- I was uh, I was really impressed by the one you mailed me. Uh, the the fit and finish of it. Um, the, the main difference between the cigar boss guitar and now getting into uh, traditional guitars, I'm not going to call them real or unreal because that's derogatory. But, yeah, more standard, but, uh, traditional, yeah. Yeah, traditional guitars. Um, you know, obviously the, the numbers of strings and whatnot, but uh, the, the curvature of the, of the fretboard is not that big of a deal. You do need to kind of curve your frets a little when you put them in, which is, you know, a little bit of a, you know, you can bend them with, by hand or with pliers, just pre-bend them a little bit. But the, the the big thing that makes it more complicated is that the neck is not the same width from the beginning to the end. Right. So uh, at the nut, it's like you know inch and a half, we'll say, and then it's more like two and a half inches wide at the heel, like the part that joins in the body. So it's a very slow, uh, you know, pyramid. <laughs> Almost, you know. Um, our buddy uh, SDM Custom. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, SDM Custom. He has a video out, and that's going to be my pick. I'll, men- I'll mention it again at the end, I guess, um, of, a, of a tool that he made to help with the layout of all that stuff to get everything nice and centered. And basically all he did was, and this changed my life because before I never thought of this, and I was using <laughs> tape and pencils and like doing all this stuff using this. All he did is he took two rulers, uh, just a cheap old aluminum rulers from the cheap store. They're like a buck fifty each. And um, he drilled four holes in them, or two in each, and he has these two cross bars that connect them. And I, like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can see this video. Um, and you'll see it in my videos too. And so these two rulers are loosely connected to each other, and you can slide them uh, up and down, left and right, and apart from each other. But they don't have to be slide apart equally. They can slide apart unequally. Mm-hmm. So you line them at the very beginning of the nut. You line them up with the neck, and then you can squeeze them against your neck and make them run all the way down the body, and they go out perfectly uh, parallel with the neck, but you know, not parallel with each other because the neck isn't parallel. And you can just you set that right up on top of your guitar body. You can find your your string length because it's a ruler, so the numbers are there. You can get all your measurements of where you want to put stuff and mark it, and it's just super easy. Um, and that will like <laughs> it just makes everything so much easier. Um, now, how do you make that cut? So you've just now you've made that you've got a square or a rectangular piece of wood. You've you've laid out that 
skinnier at the top, wider at the bottom. How do you make that cut now to get that piece of wood? Oh, follow the lines. Um, bandsaw. So I you mean, could I, you, could, you could set up. Yeah, when I well now I use a CNC, but um, when I've done them in the past, I just did them. I've even done it with a jigsaw. Okay. Um, I was thinking about doing that. I was going to do a video or a series, maybe. I was thinking about making a guitar with nothing but a jigsaw, a skill saw, and a router, and a, and a sander, and then hand tools, you know, but, like, not using any benchtop tools, you know what I mean? Uh, or not using any, you know, right. fixed tools, just handheld. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you could do it with a skill saw, too. You just set up a fence. And, well, and, I was thinking know, a, a table saw sled would work, too, with a couple of toggle yeah, clamps. Right. And just, you, yep. you line up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Real, real simple yeah, exactly. table saw sled would work. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I used um, when I did them by hand. I would I would use uh, angle grinders for a lot of my shaping and stuff too to speed things up. But it's really easy to have things go south like that. Um, and the, the other thing, the hardest thing go I was going to say though, you you're talking about the curvature on on the standard neck, right? Yeah. Or traditional neck. Um, how do you yeah. get the wood itself to be curved? I know the CNC is doing that for you now, but that's where I think the difficulty comes in. Where that process alone has got to be hours. If you do well, the, you'd be like the the back of the neck. You know, like you're car you're curving the backs of your neck too. You're using yeah, yeah, yeah. and files and stuff, and right, that's right. more. That doesn't have to be as precise. That's more feel. No. Now the fingerboard where the frets are, right. that needs to be a little more precise. And if you don't have a CNC machine, um, you can make your own, or you can buy them. They sell them. I have one that I bought, you know, a million years ago, um, of just a, a standing block that's radius. Okay. Right. So it's just I have a block of wood that's a hard wood and it just has a it's a 12 degree uh, or a 12 inch radius, I guess. So it's like right. if you took a 12 inch circle, but then just cut a slice of it that's three inches wide. Um, that's and so you just sandpaper inside a, a slightly curved block and just sand. And it doesn't take as long as you would think. I mean, even the hardwoods, you know, because they're thin. Right. Um, what, what's nice about the CNC is that I can do compound radiuses. So I can actually have a different radius at the beginning and the end and they sort of blend together because um, a lot of nice guitars are like that. Wow. You know, it gets nerdy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then you could you could also just be flat. I've played some guitars that just have completely flat necks that, yeah. that are great too. It doesn't have to be, you know. You, you could you could do a little bit just eyeballing that too. You know, just do, start with 120. Don't go any sharper than that, you know, and and uh, and just sand, sand the sides down a little bit. Yeah. You, you'll figure it out. If you're putting frets in, the, you, once you you have to get her and sand all the frets and stuff too, which is a whole other thing. It's a lot of the same type of process using flat edges and straight edges, and it's it's a whole process, and it takes work. But it's just a bit. It's just making something. Just like sanding a tabletop, you got to make it flat, right? Right. It's the same exact thing. It's just way more precise, you know. And and now um, now and now, frustrating. Now, now take the <laughs> stick out a little bit, so to speak, and it doesn't have to be that surprise uh, uh, precise with the cigar box guitar. So again, it's just right. that, one of that differences where there's so much room for. In fact, part of part of the allure to this instrument is that it's like when you were building some of your stuff out of doors, and you know what I mean. It's like the allure is is not having it be perfect and precise. That the the twang and the buzz and all these little things that happen. Although I I eliminate string buzz, I that that drives me nuts. But I mean, some of the the rawness of it is is just amazing, and, and the sound is much more about what you feel and how you can make it sound and. Yeah, so if you want to make a guitar and you you start with the cigar box guitar and you successfully fret it and it works, now making a guitar doesn't seem as intimidating nope. like a, a standard guitar. Yeah. Uh, and then the the other thing too is like there's and there's no shame in this because the necks are hard and they do take a lot of time and I can it could you know you feel like oh my project's ruined because my neck sucks you know whatever. Don't make the neck. Go on eBay and buy one for like yeah. thirty bucks. 
you know, and uh, and make the I've, I've said this to a lot of people too. Make the body, bolt the, the neck on, and then after you've got that working, now make your neck. You have a neck in hand that you can you can use for you know to study and, and to figure it out. And you've got the experience of building the body. You know, now make it so you don't have to you don't have to build a Stradivarius right out of the gate. You know, I'd um, I'd be willing to if anybody wants to start off making uh, standard or traditional guitars. Um, buy some of the most expensive hardwood you can, and every one that you screw up, just send it to me, and I will reclaim it. <laughs> I will reclaim that neck for a cigar box guitar, and you're welcome in advance. I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast, but that was kind of how I became a reclaimer. It was because, you know, 20 years ago, I, I rented from a cabinet maker, and mm -hmm. and we, he, I, I didn't know anything about I didn't even know what a table saw was called. You know, I was just like, oh, I've always wanted to make my own guitar, and he said I was nuts, and then we started making them. And, uh, but we didn't, you know, nobody talked about reclaiming. Then he was a cabinet maker, like classically trained kind of, you know, woodworker, carpenter guy. So he didn't, we went to the lumber yard, you know, not Home Depot. We went to the lumber yard, you know, oh, yeah. four quarter, eight quarter, six quarter, you know, and all this stuff, riffs on and, you know, all these like words. I had no idea what any of them meant, you know, and, and, uh, we bought this wood and it was expensive and we'd screw up all the times. So we had no idea what we were doing. So here's, here's a pro tip. All of the pockets you need to cut, like the hole for the neck, and like if you're gonna, if you are making your neck, you need to put a truss rod in it, and then like the the hole for the pickup, and like where you're gonna mount the bridge. Do all of that before you cut your guitar shapes out, because then you have edges that are square to work right. off of. So create square blocks and do all of that, because I still want to cut the shape of the guitar out first, because you want to make it look like a guitar right away. But then you have no reference point. There's no straight line anywhere, you know? So draw all over, draw a center line, have straight edges, make those blocks as parallel as possible, do all your math, use that little trick that's going to be my pick of the week, and <laughs> and then cut it up after you've got all that and it works, after you've made a big cube that you can play, you know? <laughs> uh, if I could make one recommendation for people to see somebody who made a guitar look... Like it was fun. Uh, check out Eloy Escajedo. Uh, he yeah. made the alligator shaped guitar out of a two by four in probably about 20 minutes. And uh, because the man can play, um, he made it, he just made it look fun. So if, if Eloy can do that in 20 minutes, I mean, you anybody that's interested, go make a guitar, start with a cigar box, go traditional, whatever you want to do. Do not hesitate. We we talked about that. He he had written to me about it. He's like, oh, you know, I saw, you're making these guitars. You make it look like it's so feasible. And, and I was like, yeah, man. I was like, do it. And then he went and he made that thing. It was hilarious. And he kind of wrote, he's like, yeah, it's not a great guitar, but it works. And I made it. I'm like, exactly. Right. You know, no, it's not a, it's not a Les Paul. You know, it's not a, right. you know, but it's like you made it and it works. And the next one's going to be better. You know? Yeah. This, this has been fun. fun, man. We can go, we can keep going for another hour, I think. I know. I don't. I don't feel like we've even touched on half of the stuff that no, I was thinking we would touch on. Not so, at all. Uh, next time. Next time, Phil's not here. Um, listeners, if you found this podcast completely horrible to listen to about all these guitars, then uh, don't tell us. But if you loved it, <laughs> let us know, and uh, we'll do another one next time. Phil's busy or something, you know. Yeah. It, you know, we'll, we'll base it on your feedback. Um. Okay. What's you want to wrap it up there? Let me see. I have. Uh, I am doing the review. The review. Okay. This week, and I cheated a little bit because I went and I hadn't looked at any of the new reviews lately, um, because uh, I just forgotten. So I was like, oh, let me read some of the new reviews, and there's some good ones up there. And I was thinking that a lot of these new reviews might be because we've been teasing the review. The review. So I picked one that was pretty recent uh, to read instead of just going back in time. 
And this is uh, from June 15th of 2018. Oh, that is new. Yeah, it's pretty new. So it's after we started doing this review the review thing. So it might have... Yeah, I want people to know that we're going to read those too. We're not just going to read the ones from... And this is by Shooter Phil. And I don't think it's Phil Pinsky. Maybe he's got (laughs) another account. And, And the title is Worst Cooking Show Ever. <laughs> which, is what, which is what caught my attention. Dear sirs, after 136 episodes, it is quite clear that your command of the culinary arts is mediocre at best. At no point do any of you address modern kitchen best practices, sustainable sourcing of organic free-range vegetables, nor healthy allergy-free alternatives to modest sodium glutamate. I would allow that Mr. Sway, if that's indeed your real name, sir. No, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> His view on steaming broccoli is somewhat on point. But that would be the limit. The Shining Star of Hope um, would be the on-point, sharp, edgy, and enlightening input from Mr. Phil Pinsky. Clearly, let's not read that part. Uh, Clearly, his hard knocks upbringing in the Boreal Forest of Northern Canada prepared him for the success he is enjoying now. Per Mr. Lutz, uh, he... Blatantly, uh, his blatant secret agenda of bearded dragon exploitation is best described <laughs> as disturbing. It is our hope that all the recent cigar boxes are going to be more enriched environmental slash habitat for them. Good day, sirs. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I, I now have a new man crush on um, Shooter Phil. Shooter Phil. I want to see you make a cigar box guitar that doubles as a bearded dragon habitat. <laughs> would be tough. A little heater in it. Uh, that, that, yeah, that would be tough. I would, I, I would challenge you to see and see a guitar in the shape of a bearded dragon. Uh, oh, that'd be easy. I'd have the robots do the work. Yeah, I, I think it would. I shall just get Eloy, to, alligator, bearded dragon. They're almost the same. Eloy can do it. <laughs> they're not either. Hold your tongue. Ah, they're both lizards. I'll just, I'll just paint, I'll just paint his a little. <laughs> yeah, I just repaint his. Yeah. More desert. Okay, looking. what's your um. What uh, caught your attention this week? You know what caught my attention? Um, uh, and, and, uh, this is kind of cheating because, first of all, he's you know my best friend, uh, one of my best friends. Uh, but Mr. Izzy Swan is back in action. He had he's been busy moving, just rearranging his life, and uh, hasn't put out a video in a while. You know, he's been staying active as much as possible. But then it's like, oh, hey, guys, I know. I'll redesign what anybody might have thought an Adirondack chair is. And I'll make it out of one piece of 2 by 12 And there you go. Here, industry, I've just changed you. So Izzy, out of the gate after being silent for a while, he made this. Just check it out, man. It's, it's, a, it's a modern-styled Adirondack chair that looks dainty, that holds his weight, and he made it out of one piece of wood and some screws. And it's hand tool, it's not hand tool, but it's like a skill saw and a jigsaw. No fancy nothing, it looks awesome. It's, just check it out, The guy that's Izzy Swan. I, we love him, we love him. Even though he's on a podcast with uh, Mike Dunphy and um, uh, Joel Milford or whatever their names are. Yeah, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, I think. Basically, but, um, thing one, thing two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't watch. The, I didn't watch the video yet, but I saw the pictures of the chair, and I, I have to disagree. I don't think it's an Adirondack chair. I think it's a chair you put in your house, man. I mean, it's just right. Like, it doesn't just look like outdoor design. furniture. It's, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it, it looks like it could be outdoors too, but it's not like the it's lines, not just like oh, there's a chair for your deck. It could we, go. You could be around your dining table. We just talked about recently. Uh, if people will remember, and I mentioned um, Sam Maloof style, to where it's it's like these amazing. Yeah. 
uh, slim line, you know, kind of just the, the, it's like it doesn't look strong enough to actually hold a weight. And here's Izzy, who's 300 pounds of manly man standing on the darn thing where the joint would be. It's just yeah. awesome. Check out the video. It's the guy's the guy is an engineering genius, and he's uh, one of the best spooners I've ever spooned. Yeah, you just got to get a better podcast. Uh, okay, so my. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned I mentioned mine already is the SCM Woodworks channel and uh, I'll put a link to the specific video I'm talking about. He has a lot of guitar build videos too, which is it's actually a good follow up to this conversation is to see some of his uh, guitar builds. Um, they're they're pretty interesting and he doesn't use a CNC machine, uh, but he makes these like templates and setups and he's got this whole other way he's, of tooling. He's kind things. of the real deal, I think. It's more. Like, it's like a. He. It's like factory. Like he's setting himself up like a factory. You know. He's. He's, he's a loser. Uh, he hasn't been making as many videos lately, but. But yeah, he's like the. Yeah, he works in a factory, like a wood, a, wood, a professional wood shop. And then he has right. his wood shop at home, and um, super nice guy. So he's an expat. He's a British expat in America. Yeah, but yeah, his his yeah. guitar builds are just. It's like oh, I'm just tootling around, and then you see it, and it's got like these 18 layers of finish on it, and it's just like you know. Yeah. It's just, yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, the guy's just awesome. Yeah. Very talented dude. Okay, and on that note, um, what am I supposed to say here? Um, I should just like uh, cut oh. and paste, fill in. Yeah, timsway.net, uh, iron and soul, williamloose.com, and do a Patreon spiel. Oh, Patreon. The absolute best way to help a couple of monkeys like us stay on the air. <laughs> I would <laughs> like to say we are part of the great ape genus. Yeah. See, I always I just stopped listening to Phil at the end, so I, I don't know. What I know. I have no idea. He, yeah, he basically says um, that if you if you enjoy the podcast, to uh, leave a review on iTunes at uh, Reclaimed Audio, obviously. And if you're one of the lucky ones, we'll we'll as we randomly pick and read them, you'll get your review read on the air because that means so much to everyone. <laughs> and, uh, um, and we want to thank our benefactors. We want to thank uh, Mr. Justin Sparks for WilliamLutz.com. We want to thank Mr. Jason Payne for TimSway.net, and we want to thank Tim Sway for NewPerspectivesMusic.com. We would like to thank the Academy. We would like to, <laughs> um, and we would like to hear from you and you can reach out to us on any of our personal social medias which you can find by looking up our names or you can reach us at reclaimed audio on the twitters right I, or you can email us, email us directly at info at reclaimed audio podcast.com as well i have two shouts i cannot skip um josh tibbs wrote in uh just oh yeah just, i was right that's all i have to say i was right um al pacino you're out of order. You're out of order. And the name of the movie and Justice for All. And then also uh, John Such. I'm hoping his well, name is on. right. I, you can't just you can't just glaze over that. <sighs> you were right, Bill. We were wrong. We said it was Jack Nicholson. We said it was Jack Nicholson, a few good men, who said this whole court is out of order. But as in, in fact, what he said it was the truth. You can't handle the truth. And it was Al Pacino. Who said that? Which you said it was him, and we berated you and belittled you, and so we're gonna let you accept being right this time. Okay. But since you've had such a big head about it, we're gonna rub your face in it every time you're wrong from now on. <laughs> well, berated and belittled, I was basically beriddled. <laughs> and the other, the other one email we got today, yeah. Yeah, John Schutz. Um, we talked, I don't know, a few episodes back about resources. And here's something I've never thought of. I know, Tim, you said you had. But uh, look for auctions, especially online auctions, for old, outdated, big furniture. Because the odds are you're going to get it for 
next to nothing. And back in the, you know, the big, ugly 70s furniture was made out of solid oak and maple and walnut. And uh, that's genius. I never thought about it. He said he got like a big maple dining table and uh, he got a big bookshelf that was solid something or other. But auctions, online auctions, man. Yeah, the, the local ones where you don't have to like worry about shipping. You know? Right, you can, you can actually couple, drive and get it. Yeah, every neighborhood. You can see one. it in person before you bid too. Right. And a lot of them. And he was specified. He said specifically the online ones because people might get into little bidding wars if you're at the ones where you're in a room. Uh, right. But the online ones that doesn't happen as much. And I, I watch them for tools all the time, but the tools tend to go up to more like you know high flea market but prices. He, he said one of the pieces, uh, and and I gotta agree. Like it, it was a, a TV stand that was made back when the TV was a tube TV. A 25 yeah. inch tube TV weighed 600 pounds, and it sat on these big stands that were like a corner stand with a swivel. But those things were made yeah. out of solid wood, hardwood. Yep. So, and I, yeah. I, I can't imagine you would bid more than fifteen or twenty bucks for something like that, and you'd have this quite a bunch of hardwood. And what a way to reclaim! Yeah. So, yeah, and and you know, my favorite is uh, just dining tables because they're big flat surfaces, right? Like right. Inch thick, flat hardwood. Yep. You know, and yeah, so you have some dining table that's really ugly and it has this like floofy corner around the edge that's kind of dated looking. You're gonna get that thing for five bucks because nobody wants it. They yeah. can't paint it. They're gonna shabby chic is out. You know, that's yours. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you, John. And thank you, everybody. We love you all. And in honor of um, Mel uh, Podolsky, what's his? Mel Slotsky. Um, oh, it's Bill. No, that's you. No, that's me. I don't know. The other guy. Uh, the other guy. Yeah. yeah. We, we love you all. Yes. Thank you. And be good. Or don't. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Bye, everybody.